Get your sporting fix. Friday Sport on Wellington Mornings with RS Lane Panel and Fate. Get in the fast lane. RSLane.nz. News Talk ZB. Friday, at about this time, we bring sports royalty into the studio. Adam Cooper, the host of the All Sports Breakfast on Newstalk ZB from 7 till 9. And Jason Pine, the big national host, not putting you down, Coops, at all. Oh, but no, I mean, Pine deserves all the credit me and we you, can give we, him. We, we just bow to the, to the superiority of Jason Pine. He's on, on Saturday and Sunday afternoon, 12 till 3, uh, doing sport. Piney... Now, I know you've just jetted back in because this contract is very part, very important part of your deal to be on the show. You just jetted back in from your little excuse to the Breakers headquarters. I mean, did they wine you and dine you? I saw you sitting in royal seats. I, they didn't wine and dine me. They, I, I got a couple of beers, which was nice. Um, I, yeah, I, I, well, that's whining and dining. Well, what do you want? Well, I wasn't given a three-course meal, if that's what you're asking. Uh, look, I had a great time at the Breakers last night. Took my son Johnny, who's a huge basketball fan himself, up. And, yeah, look, it's a, it's a terrific game night experience, you know. As we know from watching the Saints here in Wellington, you know, there's nothing You didn't better. have to say that. But, no, yeah. no, but there's nothing better than being, being in Inside, in a you know, in a in an atmosphere that's that's full of hype and um, excitement and music and loud noises and a great game of basketball playing out. And I was just really impressed with the game night experience. I would encourage anybody who gets the opportunity to you know to if they are basketball fans, obviously we get the chance to watch the Saints here, but it's just a different experience. Except, I mean, the 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 thing that I want to ask you both because you both interviewed individually Xavier Cook and there's talk all the time about him going to the NBA. Last night I, I had tears in my eyes watching him. Yeah, he's some player. Um, he, he, I don't think he was the difference between the two sides, but he made a huge impact. And you know, you Johnny were, would have loved him. Wouldn't oh, he? absolutely. But I mean, yeah. to be fair, we were both cheering for the Breakers. So uh-huh. yeah, I didn't actually. To be fair, I didn't think the I didn't think the Breakers got a heck of a lot from the referees last night. I'm not an aficionado on the rules of basketball by any stretch of the imagination. But I looked up at the board at the end. The number of fouls against the Breakers compared to the number of fouls against the Sydney Kings, something like twenty six to six. The Kings coach said it felt like they were playing the All Blacks. He was so upset with the physicality. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. I'm glad you brought that up because they were beating that them was up. His, that was his takeout from the game. Uh, were we playing rugby or basketball? So ch- chase, chase somebody. You know he's going to be big time. Remember that we said that on Chase. His father's the CEO of the Spurs, and he's an ex-player himself. This is the Sydney Kings coach, but he's got, he's got, he's going to be big. Remember, we heard it first here. Um, Coops, I'll come to you. Thanks. I'm glad that you had a great experience and a father and son moment well, because that's a great. That's the thing, isn't it? Oh. A father and son moment. And, and just before, yeah, I mean, the place is full of families, and I think basketball again, you know, lends itself to that. Uh, all different sorts of people were there. Yeah, had a great time. Great. Now I want to talk about something else that I think because I drive past it every day, three or four times a day. Is this new? Uh, indoor outdoor facility at Wellington College because it looks pretty massive looks pretty impressive and you made the cut I didn't make the cut to the opening uh, even though you know I'm mates of Glenn Denham I didn't make the cut but you made the cut to the opening it's probably sitting in your email inbox Nick unread <laughs> um, but anyway uh, yes Wellington College uh, the grand opening and then like you you know everyone's been driving past especially old boys at the school like me you sort of drive past that get out of the tunnel you think what on earth's happening there that's where the, the number three cricket pitch used to be and there's a wave of construction there and 
and things like that. And then you um, sort of closer to the start of the summit, they they've sort of announced what was going on, and basically a partnership between Cricket Wellington and New Zealand Cricket to have a high performance all-weather facility with actual grass wickets in this region. And they obviously struggle for space. And you know, just up the road from the Basin Reserve is Wellington College, where there is a lot of field space there just by the Mount Vic Tunnel. So they've, they've got this brand-new state-of-the-art facility. It's got a, it's basically like a greenhouse because the, the, the grass wickets can grow in any kind of conditions there. There are 20 grass wickets for training, which are probably going to be used for mainly the high-performance sort of players. Under, this, under, that, under that thing, there are 20 grass wickets. It looks like there'd be three. No, no. There's, and, you know... Once you're there, the, oh, okay. the, the magnitude right. of it is actually really big. Okay. And, and then there's four artificial wickets as well. So great news for, for the school, Wellington College, who have had to contribute a bit to this. Um, they'll be able to use that for players of all levels. And and then Cricket Wellington, if the, the nets are outdoor nets at the Basin are washed out during the summer, which we know can happen quite often, then the international touring teams can wander up as well and, and train on actual grass wickets. Also through the winter, all the training that the high-performance teams are going to be able to do is fantastic. So it is actually an awesome Awesome facility. Okay. Piney's in the studio, and I know, Coops, you're crazy on the, the World Cup as well. Into quarterfinals. For me, there's only one game, but you'll tell me there's more. Uh, Piney, what did you take? France-England's the big game I'm for me. Yeah, I, I look, I think, and you look at the four quarterfinals, and you're right, those who have only have a passing interest in the sport probably gravitate <laughs> to that one, and that's fine. That, and, and it's at a friendly time as well, 8 o'clock Sunday morning. Um, get a bit of breakfast in, cup of coffee, and settle in for this one. Um, goodness only knows what it'll be like in London and parts of the UK, which is 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, two weeks out from Christmas. Jeez, I would go mad over there. But um, but yeah, it, it looks the, 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 the hardest of the quarterfinals to pick. Having said that, the Netherlands-Argentina tomorrow morning wouldn't know which way to go on that one. Portugal should beat Morocco. Brazil should beat Croatia. But England-France on, on Sunday morning should be an absolute doozy. England had a pretty good tournament. You know, they've uh, scored a lot of goals and haven't, haven't uh, let too many in. But France have the player of the tournament at the moment, Kylian Mbappe. Five goals so far. Looks just a Rolls-Royce of a player. Uh, stop him and England go a long way to winning the game. But it's easier said than done, Nick. Coops, let's concentrate on what's going to happen in London. Oh, well, Piney sort of said it all. <laughs> Carnage is the word, isn't it? And, and it would be anyway, even if, there wasn't, even if there wasn't football on on a Saturday night before Christmas. But no, isn't it just great just seeing... It's, it's just been such a fantastic competition. I don't watch a lot of football outside of outside of my work, but just you can't help but have been gripped by nearly every single game in this tournament. You know, there's always been... Uh, you know, well, we've uh, all had to. To be fair, with Piney working in the well, board, exactly. But, we've but always, just, oh, I'm working away quietly, and I hear the ah, something coming out of the background. And yeah, it's fine. Well, you know, that's how exciting it's been. To be fair, there's been penalty shootouts. Obviously, in the last tranche of group games, there were just so many different permutations and teams coming from behind to snatch spots or knock other people out. It's just been a really enjoyable tournament, and you can see why it gets that that viewing audience it does around the world, and just how how much football means to these countries as well. Coaches sacked left, right and centre when teams haven't got through to the, the last uh, eight and, and, and everything like that. So it's been an absolutely wonderful tournament. I, I wish we could have it more often than four years. Me and you both, and Piney definitely wants it every week. Piney, you know, you've been around a while and you've always had an involvement in sport. Uh, the selection of an all-black coach before a, a World Cup, that's what they're talking at the moment. That, to me, is kind of, it's crazy. It's learning from mistakes, I think. I think it's learning from mistakes. Because last time, um, you know, they thought they were going to have all sorts of people apply for these, uh, this job. And the only two who turned up were Ian Foster and Scott Robertson. They thought they were going to get Dave Rennie. They thought they were going to get Jamie Joseph. They thought they were going to get a whole bunch of other people. But once push came to shove and the applications came in, it was only two. 
So I think they're learning from from past mistakes. I think it, what it also says is that regardless of whether the All Blacks win the World Cup or not, Ian Foster's not the All Blacks coach beyond beyond next year. Because if they're making that appointment before the World Cup, they can't possibly give it to Ian Foster, can they? I, I just don't yeah, see you're right. how they how they can. But how so, can he actually go to a World Cup knowing that he's he's going to be fired? And no, no, well, not fired. He goes to a World Cup knowing that this could be the the grand conclusion to his All Blacks career. Imagine, go, I mean, Sir so Graham Henry went out on top. Okay. He won the World right. Cup in 2011 and walked, and walked away and got a knighthood. Sir Ian Foster, anyone? <laughs> I'm what? trying to breathe. I'm trying to breathe. I'm having an anxiety attack in here. Uh, quickly, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, they're just catching up with the rest of the world, aren't they? The only reason they're forced into this is because Scott, Ray, uh, Scott Razor Robertson is hot property and England are... So they're going to sign you know, him now, be done with, and then come to... That's not bad logic, They've been it? pushed into this and, and they're, they're almost digging themselves out of a hole and I don't think they have any other option. They have to act now because, as Pliny said... I don't want to get to end of World Cup and everyone else has been snapped up or unavailable or doesn't even want the job. So. Now, I haven't got time, but I'll, I'll try and do it with a face-off afterwards. The Brittany Grinder, the American NBA female, would been in jail. I want to talk about that. Thanks, guys. Have a great show on the weekend, Piney, uh, and same to you, Coops. Uh, catch you next week for our final Christmas thing. Adam Cooper and Jason Pine.